to this podcast all about feedback. It's part two of the performance management leadership podcasts. And I suppose let's just start with a few questions. What's the best approach to giving feedback then? How do we even structure feedback? And what about handling those people that don't respond well to feedback? Oh, and let's not forget about this one. What about the challenge of having to feedback to your boss? Don't worry, I've got that covered too. Welcome along. So what else are we going to explore? Well, we'll look at how to offer praise, which is clearly a lovely thing to do. And uh, perhaps for some, the slightly more challenging delivering developmental feedback. You'll also get a chance to practice with a scenario that's totally relatable to the work environment. And I'll introduce you to a feedback model that's easy to use and remember. Let's start here then. We've all received feedback multiple times in our lives, both in and outside the workplace. So we kind of know what good and bad feedback sounds like. So I'm not talking about the content of the feedback. I'm sure all the feedback you've ever received has been out of this world. I'm talking about the way in which it's delivered. So before we get into the detail, let's look at how certain behaviours from managers can make all the difference in how feedback is received. How about this workplace experience? Have you ever had the following or something similar delivered to you by your boss? And out of the blue, totally unexpected, can I have a quick word with you in my office? Now, assuming you have, was that a mini fist pump moment? Did you find yourself instantly filled with excitement, eager to hear what they had to say? Or was it a moment of dread, sudden heart palpitations, your mind racing at a million miles per hour, trying desperately to work out what it is you'd unknowingly messed up on. It's interesting, isn't it? How such a short sentence can have such a huge impact on us. The ambiguity as to what it's all about, the uncertainty as to what you're about to walk into. If you've been listening to these podcasts from the beginning, think back to the start of this journey and the list you'll have created on all the positive attributes of quality leadership. Is this approach how your chosen leader would act? What would they do differently? Now, while the above example may not always be linked to a manager needing to share feedback, the principle of approaching something of importance in a mindful fashion, understanding how your actions affect others, is an important one, especially when feedback is involved. It's reasonable to say not all of us are as open to feedback as others, be that positive or developmental. So sharpening up on those leadership skills, empathy, sensitivity, listening, assertiveness and planning isn't ever going to be time wasted. Delivering structured, timely, well thought through feedback, be that positive or developmental, is an art and one that can actually garner you a great deal of respect. Tell you what, let me just rewind then. So rather than, let me just throw something into the mix nice and quickly here. Rather than walking up to a member of your staff and saying, can I have a quick word with you in my office? Use this instead. When you've got a moment, I'd really value your help with something. Try that instead. And uh, you can thank me later. All right, here's another scenario. Imagine you're within your workplace, walking down the corridor and somebody senior whom you've a great deal of respect for, and as far as you're aware, has literally no idea who you are, pass by one another. And this individual stops, they call you by name, and they say, oh, I just wanted to mention, I heard about that project you were leading on. Incredible result. I know that there were some significant challenges for you, but you really delivered. Keep up the great work. How would that make you feel? Now, I'm assuming pretty good. The point I'm making 
isn't to go randomly wandering the halls of your workplace giving out unsolicited feedback, but to highlight how little time and effort it can take to make a huge impact on another's motivation. Let's then briefly pick up on the theme of motivation and apply it to feedback. Now, obviously, you're already an expert on motivation if you've listened to my earlier podcasts. Now, I'm sure this won't be hard. Take a moment and imagine you've just delivered on a huge project. You've made it come in ahead of time, under budget, and the end result has exceeded expectations. Now, just imagine you were to receive feedback on this incredible achievement. How would you prefer it's delivered to you? Privately? one-to-one, or a big announcement in front of the team, department, whole division, hey, make it the whole business. It, it doesn't matter which one you choose. The point here is that we're all different. Just because you want your praise sung from the hilltops doesn't necessarily mean members of your team do. Now, if I was to take this example to the extreme, the last thing you'd want is for someone to underperform purely because of the fear of how they'd be rewarded or recognised but the potential is there, so it's definitely something to be mindful of. Right, time to introduce a feedback model, and it's called SAID, S-A-I-D, and it stands for Situation, Action, Impact and Development. What's great about the model is that it can be used for both praise and developmental feedback. But something else that's powerful is the way the model's structured. It assists you in separating the behaviour from the person. What do I mean by that? Well, when you're feeding back in the workplace, the focus is on behaviour, not personality. Taking this out of the workplace for a moment, for example, if you were with a child and they were having a tantrum in a shopping mall, it would be like you saying to the child, I love you, I don't love this behaviour. The same approach can be applied at work. It's not about decimating another's character. It's about highlighting inappropriate behaviour so there's an awareness of some changes that are necessary. So, for example, it would sound like you're a valued and highly regarded member of the team. The way you acted in front of that client earlier, however, that just wasn't in keeping with your normal high standards. You're distancing the person from the behaviour. Now, going back to the said model... I'll briefly talk you through each letter of said and how best to use it to structure feedback. So the S stands for situation. The purpose here is for you to make what you're sharing indisputable. I was there, you were there, this was the situation. You're basically describing what's happened. Next is the A. Now the A stands for action. This is where you spell out what the person did, their behaviours. Maybe didn't listen, talked a lot, ignored people, lacked attention to detail. The I is for impact. So at this stage, you're describing how the behaviours and actions impacted upon other people or the team or the business, a client. You know, you fill in the gaps. <laughs> the final element to said is the D and it stands for development. And here you're simply generating accountability. And you're doing that through the asking of open questions. For example, what will you do differently next time? Or in the case of praise, how might you apply the same great work ethic to X. Basically, what you're looking for here is to elicit a commitment to which they can be held accountable. And while there'll always be a time and a place to tell people what to do, it's far from developmental and rarely empowering. When it comes to feedback, remember the mantra, seek first to understand before being understood, which is to say, begin the process of feedback by first gaining an insight of what happened from the other person's perspective. 
Through doing so, you'll gain context and potentially insights you weren't fully aware of. And of course, other key points to highlight are to give it in a timely fashion and in an appropriate place. And I'm also conscious the said example that I've shared here is a little dry in its tone, meaning it could be softened up and expanded upon to make it more engaging and personable. The message here is that the model is simply a guide and a structure to follow. How you make said sound and the the way in which you articulate it is totally down to you. It's not prescriptive. Make it your own. Now, I've got a practice scenario that you might find helpful if you want to give this a go. It's actually on my website, tomdunman.com. And if you go to the blog section and you find the leadership blog there, it's episode number seven, you'll see a practice scenario that you'll be able to read for yourself and then apply the said model to it. Now, I'm going to assume you are going to go away and do that. And I'm going to continue this podcast on that assumption. Okay. Um, And if you chose not to do it, that's absolutely fine. It won't be a complete deal breaker, I can assure you. Okay. So let's continue. So making the assumption you have read the scenario that's on my blog, on my website. And if you're expecting me to share with you the perfect example of what the feedback should uh, sound like, you're going to be disappointed. Having done this hundreds of times with thousands of people, I've seen countless variations and it'd be wrong for me to suggest there's an all perfect version to be shared. That said, I'll suggest as a form of personal review, take a look at how you've approached the recognition of Charlotte's obvious hard work versus how assertive you've been in the language regarding the impact of the mistakes that were made. And of course, some of them were significant from a time perspective, a financial perspective and a brand reputation perspective. Remember, however, the feedback is linked to actions and behaviours. It's not a character assassination. Okay, now let's continue the journey and we'll look at how to handle those people that don't respond well when feedback is given, no matter how artful we can become at delivering it. Let me start by asking you a question. Thinking back to when you've delivered developmental feedback in the past, when you've had a situation where someone's been less than responsive, how would you describe what you experienced? Were they in denial, super angry, or were they just utterly shocked? How about a scenario where they're desperate just to move on, so they just kind of accept everything that you say? Or perhaps they rationalised everything with a, yeah, yeah, but I did that because... Take a moment now, think about your team, think about some feedback you're going to have to share. How will that person respond? Nine times out of ten, you'll have a good handle on the likely response, but there's definitely no harm in a little consideration and definitely some preparation should the unexpected happen. So here they are again. These are the typical sort of responses you'll get when it comes to pushback. Someone in denial, uh, anger and shock, they probably tend to go hand in hand. Um, Acceptance and rationalisation. So have a think. What's the best course of action should one or more of these materialise when you're next giving feedback? Imagine you experience someone in denial. What's a good course of action? Well, that would be to initially give them a voice, hear them out. If someone denies clear facts, you can safely assume it's probably their emotions that are leading them astray. Now, through showing empathy and actively listening, there's a chance they may hear for themselves the ridiculousness of what they're saying and in turn talk themselves into acceptance. But if not, this is where the model helps you. The situation part enables you to share information, the indisputable facts about what happened. That's not to say it's easy, especially if there's emotional intensity in your action up to that point. 
The next one is anger, and in many ways this has close ties to denial, and the two can often be also experienced together, as well as shock and anger. (laughs) But let's for now stick purely with anger. I think the core message here is don't fight fire with fire. Let someone rant if necessary, the quicker they can release all that sort of pent-up energy on all those emotions they're experiencing, the better. There's obviously a conversation to be had regarding level of appropriateness with regards to this type of behaviour, but I don't really want to get bogged down in that in this in this in this podcast. Uh, context clearly plays a part. Let's just stick with handling the anger. It's going to come as no surprise that once again it'll boil down to your ability to listen, empathise, build rapport without allowing their high emotions to spark your own. There's a school of thought that says, should the situation become so volatile as to become unproductive, that you call an end to the actual giving of feedback in that moment and advise that the individual perhaps take time out, go cool down. But what you definitely don't do is cancel. You agree there and then upon a time and a place to reconvene as early as possible. So what about shock? It's worth highlighting here that this response can sometimes lead to such heightened emotions due to the feedback being at such a level of unexpectedness that it creates overwhelming emotions that can lead to upset and sadness. Or from a positive perspective, tears of joy, of course. So be prepared. You're going to seriously need to focus on your empathy building skills should you experience this. Another point to make here, and this very much falls into your camp, and that's your responsibility to ensure all feedback is given in a timely fashion. There's a high likelihood of shock if you've waited three weeks to feedback on something. Two more to go. First one, acceptance. Now, you'd think that this one we'd all want to hear. And let's not kid ourselves, you'd be right. You know, Nothing better than someone responding well to feedback committing to actions and following through on the changes needed. Of course, the issue is when someone's acceptance has zero to do with acknowledgement and everything to do with wanting to get away from the negative emotions that they're currently experiencing. And this behaviour probably becomes easier to spot when someone's got form for this type of response. So if you have got someone who's likely to be quite quick to accept, prepare yourself with perhaps examples of previous times they've made promises but not followed through. And on to our final behaviour, and it's a biggie. And in fact, I'd be willing to bet you've used this on multiple occasions yourself, as have I. It's by far the most common, and it's rationalisation. And that sounds like, oh yeah, but I did that because, from a management perspective, there's actually something to be mindful of here. And by not heeding this advice, it has serious potential to damage your credibility. And that's that they may be right It may well be the thing they're claiming was the reason why they did what they did is because it may actually have happened, in which case the actions they took may have been entirely appropriate given the circumstances. So, giant warning here, do your homework. If you haven't done what you can to have gained as clear a perspective as possible prior to delivering any feedback, things could backfire, so be mindful of that. Of course, there's always a possibility they're simply rationalising and making excuses, in which case it's going to boil down to you having a conversation about personal leadership and taking responsibility to stop shifting blame and take ownership. So how did those examples compare to your thinking? Similar? I've no doubt a number of these have duplicated what you've already researched for yourself or perhaps applied uh, out in the workplace as well, but hopefully there's a, a few new ideas here. So there's one final thing before we wrap up our session on feedback, and that's feeding back to your boss or someone of greater seniority than you. And for many people, these are not easy things to do. 
But done in the right way, rising to this challenge actually does have the potential to garner you a huge amount of respect. So if you've got a scenario like this coming up soon and you've been second guessing yourself as to whether you should even bother, let me share an example that works. First up, be tactful. So respect their position and ensure you make a judgment on when the most appropriate time and place will be. Secondly, be consultative. And what I mean by this is provide the feedback through asking questions. Something like, what are your thoughts on how X was presented to the client? In effect, you're planting the seed while creating the conversation. This enables an easier transition to discussing the topic that you wish to share. Number three, ensure that whatever this feedback is being focused on, it's focusing on your issues, not some wider challenges. Finally, think about how this conversation you're having will lead to benefits for them. So come armed with the old cliche, solutions and not problems. So there you go, feedback. The second half of our performance management podcast done and sorted. In the next podcast for episode eight of this leadership program, we're going to be exploring how to go about coaching your team. And it'll come as no surprise, that episode's also split into two as well. I'll see you there.